Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby McKeg podcast, episode, episode 436. Charlie, are with you and Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. We are going to talk about the disappointing end to the Brewers season. Kind of a deep dive of it all. Peel back the onion. Go through really bit by bit. Just break down the gory details. Put the Brewers to bed. Uh, sort of our postmortem, as Mitch called it, in a text. And then we'll talk about the Packer Bear rivalry. Bears do beat the Packers on Sunday. Do you take the Bears seriously? Because the Bears will be tied with the Packers for the division lead, which is crazy to think about. Lastly, we will talk about which Bucks player are you jumping on the hype train for? Who's your guy this year for the Bucks? And a little preview of what's to come uh, next week. That's what they call it. Tease in the business first. But before we talk about the Brewers, Mitch, what's going on? Hi, how are you feeling? What's your what's your emotional state like uh, about 24 hours after the Brewers got bounced from the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, it's all right. You know, um, you move on. I guess it's the tough kind of way to end the season um i don't know they kind of got their ass kicked in yeah. the series that they just couldn't hit so again it's the age-old question would you rather have say they held on to win game four and then had that happen that exact same thing happen like in milwaukee back in game five which would be even more you know i, I think a lot of brewer fans heading into game four were like you know I'll be pleasantly surprised with this offense. Otherwise, um, a lot of people I think had had kind of kind of bailed, um, unfortunately. But I tried to hang in there in Game Four. Uh, I felt uh, felt you know like the offense couldn't do any worse. So I felt Game Four they were going to come out and put a couple runs on the board in the first inning. I think they put a couple guys on in the first inning, but again didn't didn't score in the first inning um and just i don't know there were just so many microcosms of the season and and baseball I and mean, like maybe more like the last month where it just was you know you had you, you finally got some runs and then the pitching wasn't where it needed to be and it was just i mean everything council did kind of backfired yep which isn't really something that he's used to yeah um you know I, i'm not going to i still think council's a top five manager in baseball if not higher than that um he still doesn't get the recognition he, he deserves it's like you know that was one of the the checklist items for the tbs broadcast crew which when you get the same guys for an entire series can be pretty exhausting by the third or fourth game where it's yeah. just you know, every time Willie Adamas steps to the play, we don't need to hear about how he, how he was uh, um, the catalyst to, to turning around the season and all that. When it, it just was like twice a game, every game. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, um, I, to jump in there, I, I don't think that just a random fan from LA is watching this series, right? Like, I kind of no. get it if it's Giants, Dodgers. I get it if it's Red Sox against whomever. I get it if the Yankees are involved where the casuals come out no fucking casuals are watching brewers brave i'm sorry they're just not yeah not really not, not no they're serious. not and, and 
and it just I don't know maybe it's no I they suck Jeff, they... I, I don't think Jeff Frank like I I actually like Don Arthillo I don't really have a problem with him um he's a little bit less exciting when he's doing a national broadcast I guess but yeah. you know Frank who I don't think is the most experienced broadcaster I don't know if he does he must do some some TV stuff for for somebody yeah, I would assume, I would I would assume it's the Braves yeah. Um, just because he played for him for so long. and Yeah, he was a lifelong um, Braves. Yeah, so I think he might have played for, like, the Royals or something, like, at the end there. Oh, um, yeah. Me. But, he, right, he, he played the overwhelming majority for Atlanta. So um, that was interesting. I don't think he was, you know, biased or any. There was no obvious. But he just wasn't the, the greatest broadcaster. Clearly he was their, their number two broadcast team. But I'm not going to sit here and hype. But – so anyway, back to my original point, that was one of their checklist things. Was, well, Craig Council is one of the most underrated managers. And it's like, again, how many years in a row is he going to be underrated before he's just like giving his, his flowers? And, right. you know, so I guess and then to, to bring it back all the way, it's like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like he, he screwed up the series. You know, every, pretty much everything he did, I'm fine with. Even, even pulling Peralta in game three. I mean... I guess that's probably the most debatable thing, but you really needed offense at that time. And um, it just didn't work out. And the Brewers put some guys in running and in, in scoring position, um, but just couldn't get, couldn't get the hit that they needed. And, you know, they hit while well, for, for every terrible at bat there was, there was, you know, a piss rocket right at the shortstop or the first baseman, or it just, it, it just nothing, nothing went well. And then there's, there's Yelich. I mean, he's going to hear about it for a long time. And I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. It's got to be his back. I mean, yeah. he's turned into, he's turned into Terrence Gore. Yeah. My, like my it's, da- it's just, my dad called him. Uh, he needs to stop acting like a journeyman, uh, which I said on the podcast yesterday. And my dad also thinks it's his, his back. Like my dad thinks he's hurt and he, yeah, just, I mean, he didn't know what was going on and I don't want to make excuses for Yelich because I think the pinheads, the same ones who are criticizing councils, every move, which is just nauseating because it, it is people who don't watch on a regular basis. And if they do, and that's how they fan, that's a shitty way to live baseball. Like I get it for football because it's 16 weeks. It's whatever. But when you go through 160 some games, criticizing every manager move gets exhausting. That's why I like, I coiled at even the Ron Reddick he hate back in the day and the Maka hate. It was like, it was just like, it was annoying. They were bad managers, but it's like, how, how much of this is, is them versus the players? Like we've talked to guys who are in major league baseball organizations who think managers are useless. We won't get into that debate. And we were, and while I don't think they have a point, I do think some of their arguments were fair. And it's this whole idea, yeah, I I think that the council and the Yelich stuff is like, everyone's going to criticize Yelich. Everyone's going to say Yelich is not in that Giannis, Aaron Rodgers zone. He isn't, okay? Like, he, he just isn't. Like, Giannis and, and Aaron are on another fucking level right now. But he doesn't have to be just because those two guys are superior does not mean that Christian Alex needs to be at that level. 
it's not fair to Christian Yelich in a lot of ways that, and unfortunately because of his career and his, you know, MVP season, that's, that's why he's on that pedestal. But mm-hmm. unfortunately baseball is a, baseball is a goofy sport, man. And Rogers had down years. Like I hope Giannis never has down years, but who knows, right? Giannis is young compared to those two guys, you know, Maybe there's a down here there at some point and everyone's critical of him. It happens. And I'm not, I'm not ready to like completely bail on Yelich and trade him or anything like that. Cause I, I just, I don't know. I don't think that's the right move. Not yet. No, I'm, I'm not there yet. I need to, I mean, first of all, you're not going to be able to trade him. You're not going to no. be able to. No, the and... contract's too big. And it's it's just going to be one of those things where, you know, maybe he turns into a Ryan Braun where it's not going to be, you know, 320, uh, 315 with 40 home runs. And, you know, it's not going to be MVP numbers, I guess. Maybe it's just going to be he's a solid player. Now, if that's the case, that's okay. But then they're going to have to be creative with with who they go out and get. You're, you're, you're probably going to have to get a big bat. And I, I think that's, frankly, that's about the only need um, yep. that this team has. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're kind of locked in in the outfield for like one more year. No, we'll see. Uh, Avi's, I mean, Avi's out. Avi will yeah, get he, paid. he is. He's, He's going to get a big contract from somebody. And Someone's going mean, to give. I don't think, I don't think Eduardo Escobar is going to be back. He was, he was closer to Jonathan Scope than, you know, than Mike Mustakis, I think, for yep. for for trade deadline acquisitions by David Stearns. I mean, I, I like him, you know, seems like a great guy and all that. I don't it's nothing personal or anything. Um, but it just it just didn't really didn't really work out the way you'd like it to. So I don't think he's gonna be around. So I think you're gonna have probably an opening like at third base. I mean, I know I love Weicho as much as anybody, but I would much rather see him in kind of a, kind of a bench role um, or like, a, I mean, it's not even fair to call it a bench role in baseball, especially with the way the Brewers do things. I mean, he'll play three out of four games, but just won't be necessarily an everyday third baseman. I would love to see him, you know, you know, the th- a third or fourth game, you know, a day game of a series playing second, then one start at third, you know, that, that type of role with maybe, um, getting a big bat at third base. Cause if you can, if you can insert, uh, you know, an impact bat, I think that things are a little bit different. I'm oh yeah. Like Chris, Chris Bryant. I mean, even Kyle Schwarber. Um, Cast- I just don't know. Would you, so, okay. So would you deal, would you have with Castellanos? Like, I think he's a prick. I really don't like him. Like, I just don't like rooting for him. I think he's kind of a douchebag. Like it's Jack Parkman in major league two. Like when he hits a home run for the Brewers, I'm covering the mic and I still think he's a prick. Like that's how I feel about Nick Castellanos. Now, truth be told, that's how I felt about Aramis Ramirez for a long time. I hated Aramis Ramirez on the Cubs, but I don't know. Like how could you get over? I don't know. Do you have uh, first, I guess I'll ask this. Do you have the same hate in your heart for Nick Castellanos? And then if you do, would you be okay with him being a brewer, even though he, he rubs you the wrong way? I wouldn't say I hate his guts. I mean, 
you know, there's other good people out there probably not off the top of my head, but if he can play third base, I, I could probably get, uh, get over it pretty quickly. Or he takes obvious, he takes obvious spot. They bump yell, you know, they bump yell to right field and he's the left fielder. He does play a little bit of third base, but I think he's an outfielder at this point. And Pestianos plays, plays right field. I think predominantly. Oh, is it right field? So, okay. So yeah, you, I believe yeah, so. that's, that's your obviously Garcia replacement. Then. And then that's, that's your guy. They need a bat. And they need to pay for a bat, and they need Possibly, to be okay. But are you gonna, are you gonna sit Jackie Bradley Jr. as a fourth outfielder for ten million dollars a year to hit one fifty again? I don't you know. Figure, I mean, you might have to figure out a way to get out of that contract. I don't think you can, but you might have to just pay Jackie to go away, and you just got to eat that money. I don't know. Do they do. I don't know. Do they do buyouts in baseball and stuff like that. I guess they, uh, they did it with with uh, Pablo Sandoval back in the day. Yeah, um, that's true. I don't know. I have no idea. I I mean, remember, I was the same person who, in the beginning part of the season, said Josh Lindblom is unplayable. You can't have him on this roster. And yeah. Brewer's Twitter got on me and was like, oh, he has too much money left. He's this, he's that. Fucking was gone. And in, he's, a, he's a solid pitcher. Oh, yeah, there was that. I got so much heat. I should, I should really pull those receipts. Because, like, I got a lot of shit. And I was like, no, this guy's not good. I'm sorry. Like, he, he was a failed Korean prospect. Like, Chris Flexen, who was terrible with the, the New York Mets, comes over after pitching, I think, in Korea. And he's been – he was great for the Mariners this year. He's, like, one of their best yeah. pitchers. Unfortunately, we got one of the bad ones. And I'm not saying Lindblom's the only bad one. But I smelled that out. So – I personally am like the Brewers are too good to just say like, all right, we're going to hold on to dead weight. Like I personally, like, I, I don't think they would, I guess. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Would you rather get out of the Jackie Bradley jr. Contract or the Lorenzo Cain contract? If you had to choose. Uh, Jackie Bradley jr. Really? I mean, that's, that's pretty easy. Well, Kane only has one more year, and I think he's much more. It's seventeen impactful. million dollars. That's eight extra. That's eight and a half million dollars extra to play with. That's a that's a full fucking player. That might be two players. Yeah. I hear you. I just think, You're right. I just think Kane, Kane does more for the for the on the field and in the organization. I mean, yeah, yeah. There is that. He is a he is a, a clubhouse leader without question, and. There is that there is that aspect of it, but I just I worry he's blocking Tyrone Taylor, and I'm like I'm scared to yeah. death that Tyrone Taylor is going to become like this, maybe not superstar, but like a guy who is playing a, an integral postseason role for somebody, like on the Rays or the Padres, or I'm trying to think of other examples you know, Astros or something like that, where it's like, oh, there's Tyron Taylor again being awesome. I don't know. I think he has a bright yeah. future. I have high stock. If this was a Brewer stock game, I'd be buying in on him. But you, I don't you think see, you see them getting rid of him. No, I don't. I just I could see it if the Brewers decide to go the route of a trade. Not that they will. I don't think they will. But if they try to trade for a big bat, I would imagine Tyron Taylor is involved because I think he is a everyday starter for a lesser team. Like say they go after Jose Ramirez. Okay. Who's been a pipe dream for you and I We've talked about it. 
think now he has two years left on his deal. Um, Tyrone Taylor would be involved. I think Keston Hero would be involved. Yeah. Ethan Small is probably the other guy. Like, that would probably be the deal. Now, back before the deadline, there was a deal out for Trevor Story. I don't think Trevor Story is on the table for the Brewers unless you play him at third and Weicho at second. And, but then you're Colton Wong, so yeah, you're fucked there. I don't know what you would do. Well, would you dude, I'm totally, I, I just told you I'm fine with Weicho as, as a utility infielder, a super utility infielder. Like So like a souped-up Hernan Perez. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you could do that. And I, Trevor Story is another guy. I mean, I don't know wh- who would be a better shortstop. Probably Story. And then you could Adamas play third? I don't know. Probably. Right. I mean, one, I'm, I'm, either one of them. Oh, there. Oh, remember? Actually, we're circling back on the Story thing. Remember, there was one team that thought Story could play center field. And it's like, oh, I wonder who that is. That's first. You know, that was like the big thing during the deadline. They're like, yeah, some people think Trevor Story could play play in the outfield, but the Rockies the old, also the old the old mystery team that you get yeah. in baseball. That's the a, Rockies, that's a, the writers love love using that term. Oh, the you bet, team. absolutely. And the uh, the the Rockies though are the Herb Cole Bucks of baseball. They just sit on their guys. They don't want to get rid of anybody. They just paid Sentinella. Cens- um, like a five-year, $50 million deal. It was not that good. And I'm like, okay, I guess. But I guess like not yeah. that good in Coors doesn't really all all make sense. But True, but that's like giving God's reach a uh, six-year contract or whatever. Yeah. Herb See, Cole gave him where it's like. Yeah, that, the Rockies might be the buck, the Herb Cole Bucks of, of baseball. Yeah, they are. I mean, that's very accurate. I, would, I didn't have to think very hard about that. That's what they are. Like they just, I don't know. I mean. You're right. They hang on to their guys. They never do a full bone rebuild. They they give weird contracts. It's just it's there. I mean, it's it, it's a per- perfect analogy. But so I mean, maybe I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there there's Keston just a Hira, lot. I, I I like Keston Hira too, but you know, I'd perf- I'd certainly get rid of him for a for a good bat. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I'm not ready to totally give up on him. But maybe nope. a team like the Rockies would. Would uh, would take him on, and he'd probably hit forty home runs at Coors Field. Oh God, he'd be great at Coors Field. And I just think the the one thing that Castanera has going for him is the universal DH will be here next year. That it's a lock that we're going to have the universal DH, which will be so annoying on Twitter because there's going to be all these bitch boys who are like, "Oh, the NL's better. Get to watch pitchers hit all this stuff," and I. I swear to God, when I see that from a Brewer fan, I'd be like, well, if we had this last year, Freddie Peralta would still be pitching for against Atlanta. So what do you want? What did you think of that? Like, that's going to help out Gira so much. And yeah. the stuff with his mom, you know, I, I think she's in remission now. She's great. Um, I think that affected him mentally. I think that, oh, yeah. you know, with COVID on top of that, I think it was a real issue. So hopefully, you know, he works through that this offseason and his mom stays healthy and it can kind of propel him into next year. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Kessie Hira has a massive year as the universal DH for the Brewers. It would not yeah. it would not surprise me. And 
the one thing that's going to frustrate Brewer fans and me included, because I, I got testy with David Stearns last year. There's podcasts where I was like, I'm pretty much fucking done here. It was right before Golden Wong got signed. I remember the podcast, Mitch. It was you and I. We did it on a Sunday afternoon. It was snowing. And I'm just bitching about David Stearns. And then two days Not later. Not doing anything? Yeah. Two days later, yeah. he signs Golden Wong. But I'll tell you, I would not be surprised if they try to sell us on, well, Castanera is our power bat. And we think if we get Castanera back that to where he needs to be, that he can provide that power for us. Well, I will hate that. I will. That's that's a loser mentality, in my opinion. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, maybe Tyrone Taylor is your right fielder next year. Yeah, maybe. I mean – I, I just would like to see them go after one of the, one of these guys. I don't know who has money, who's going to look at these dudes. Like another name we didn't mention was Matt Olson. He's the A's aren't likely picking up his option at twelve million. Dude's an well, awesome that would, third. That, guy. that yeah. would be. I mean, yeah. that would be. <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath. Mitch, Mitch needs That's... a cigarette. Mitch needs a cigarette here. Um, make sure you got that for him. But yeah, Mitch would buy a jersey. That dude, that dude's amazing. I mean, oh yeah, he's really good. He's very. The Brewers don't. The Brewers don't get guys like that. He's very underrated in terms of what the Brewers are. But yes, I think the Brewers will see their opportunity. I will say this though, too, just as a a final thought on this whole who's next and everything like that, which totally cool. The podcast went this route. Um. Do you feel like the block? We've talked about this before the Bucks first the Brewers and whether there's pressure, whether there's not. I wonder if the Bucks winning a championship does put a little extra pressure on the Brewers to keep themselves and win now, to not settle, to not do what we just said. Cura and Tyrone Taylor, that's our offseason. That's what well, we're going to do. That's, that's the thing to watch, in my opinion. Is like, yeah. does that because and we'll obviously talk a lot about the Bucks here, but I kind of expect them to be rocking and rolling this winter, and it's not gonna like those those that noise will not get quiet all of a sudden. It's gonna stay loud, and it'll be very interesting to see if that plays into any of this. Well, I mean, you have the John Horst is fairly aggressive, yeah, as a general manager and. Um, Mark Adonacio and David Stearns tend to be a little more smartest man in the room type. Yeah. And I, I would love to see a little bit of a change from that. That's part of a small part of the issue. There is a little bit of, little bit of uh, 2019, 2020 Mike Budenholzer going on and with the Brewers, I would say, where it just, and, and that's, that's, not not so much, but I mean that's kind of a thing in baseball where you kind of well, stick like, to what got you there. It's it, you stick to your druthers, and I, I know that in that that final game there, Council did do some things like brought Hader in a little early, used Woodruff for what an in, in inning and or four outs or something in the right um, in game four. So there was a little bit of a you know using your 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 guys, but. I don't know. I know right after game three, my emotional sort of side of me was like, well, you got to use Burns tomorrow. And, but I, I guess I knew better 
And I, I do think that that probably was I'm okay with not using Burns. I think because Burns, that would that would have been, that would have been so huge to to eke that game out and then have Burns in for Game Five. Now you would have been facing Max Reed again, who you didn't have a prayer against um, in Game Two. But still, I, I think you would have felt good about um, having the human human rain delay Corbin Burns on the mound <laughs> for Game for Game Five. Well, I think Burns told Council he wasn't ready. I think Burns yeah. said to Council which is, like. Which is another podcast topic probably all in and of itself because, I mean, you can't do that. Yeah, you can. I don't I, – look. I mean – Do do you want Corbin Burns to blow out his arm? And then we're – you and I are being sad saps in May of next year that he has a, he has a torn rotator cuff or a, a UCL injury. He couldn't have gone four innings like Charlie Martin? I don't know. I mean – you look at some of the guys that did this. Morton did it. He wasn't sharp. Walker Bueller did it. Was no, sharp. he wasn't. And and here's the thing about Walker Bueller. Like, Morton's also 30, 37, oh, 38. Yeah. But Walker Bueller, I kind of think he's a douchebag and his pants are too tight. But yeah. Walker Bueller is kind of built for this shit. Like, he's done it a few times. Corbin Burns hasn't done it. And, yeah. and, the reason why Craig Council is beloved by his team is he is a extreme players manager. So if Burns like I'm not ready, then he's not ready. And I don't know. It's I think there will be some criticism of that. I don't know if it, it hasn't really got that loud, but I I do wonder about that. I mean, well, I also it's because I mean the offense is so bad, so everybody's kind of got that right scapegoat there I, I also wonder like it would it have been better if the brewers had just went through a cold spell in august and had to basically play out the season like i was pretty much on like the regular season didn't matter and yeah. i still think i am but i also like i do wonder if you just if you played a little bit more and didn't have the foot off the gas for so long like would that have helped you like, remember, I mean, I think they lost in the championship series, but, like, Seattle Mariners won 116 games and didn't make the World Series. Right. Sometimes it just – sometimes it just happens that way. Sometimes, like, you know, as we wrap up, it's like sometimes you just, as you said in the open, don't get the breaks. And you also – I'm surprised you haven't had the sort of crowning, like, you were all over, like, don't sleep on Atlanta. Like, you said that from the go. And you're like, don't sleep on Atlanta. They're a good team. Yeah. And and I think more people should listen to you because you were right. Well, yeah, and they, they, you know, I will give them credit, but they're not world beaters either. I mean, no. they're a very beatable team. They're, no, they're getting they, five games. Probably. Um, but you never know. I mean, I just – they probably don't have enough pitching, and they their offense – can be a Houdini act in the postseason. I mean, they have some names. This fucking Solaire stuff, um, you know, I thought would be more of an a more of an issue. But when you have Jock Peterson, who does nothing but hit homers, to yeah. put in this place. I mean, it's it's you know when you trade for three three outfielders at the deadline. I mean, you can you can plug and play. It's not like they lost Freddie Freeman and had to go with Lord knows who at first base. Yeah. And then maybe that doesn't happen last night, but or Tuesday night or yeah, whatever night that was. And um 
you know, I don't know. I kind of thought that'd, that'd just be a bigger kind of take the wind out of Atlanta's sails, but you know, I feel getting, like uh, you know, unfortunately, they had, to go with, they, had, they had to go with Guillermo Heredia, who was who was you know a negative on offense. Here, here's and, the thing, though. I I think what it comes down to is. They have went through the fucking ringer. And when you when you have gone through the ringer as a team, it just doesn't affect you. I mean, look at that Packer Super Bowl team, different sport, but they had what 16 guys on IR. It just didn't matter. It was like, okay, another guy's hurt. I mean, you're kind of seeing it now with this Packer team. We're gonna talk to talk about in a second. Like the Braves are like, okay, Ronald Cooney out for the year sucks. Mike Skrakota, I don't know if I pronounced his name right. Achilles, out for the year. Marcel Ozuna, complete scumbag piece of shit, done. And all of that, like nothing matters. Like they've lost, those are three of their premier guys to start the year. And they're nowhere to be found. Yeah. And they're still. Yeah, they have a lot of adversity. Right. And, and, and there can't be. And that's kind of what I meant about, like, I, I don't think the regular season mattered. I don't think that. But the Brewers didn't really have that adversity. Brewers never were faced with their backs against the wall. And because you look at that series, like Cardinals at the end. But the Cardinals had done that, let's say, in July and August. And then they made it a fucking fight to finish the year. I don't know. Would this be a little different? Maybe, or yeah. it might it might not. We will never know. But yeah, it, I'll, it, I'll I, just I'll, I'll say to to put a bow on on it. Yeah, from my end, um, the Brewers are in a are in a different spot than they were in eighteen. They're a different team. Yeah, they they have the the pitching set up for the first time in my thirty two years on Earth. You know, they have some like long term prospects and. Um, in terms of like sustainability and on the pitching mound. And um, it's just, it's, it's actually a matter of finding a little more offense, right. which has never really been an issue. Um, so, you know, in other words, uh, you know, they're not, I expect them to make the playoffs next year. Yeah. The time is now, the time is now. And then we'll be all pissed off when Max Scherzer heads home and goes pitches for the Cardinals. Um, but well, you will tackle that when that happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm excited. I think there's a lot to look forward to the Brewers, but you're right. The time is now. And it's not trade Josh Hader. It's not any of that shit. It's keep the foot on the gas pedal and find some talent to support your offense. I think they will. But we'll see. Speaking of offenses, Cream of Packers against the defense of the Chicago Bears. Um, Packer Bear rivalry hasn't been much of a rivalry recently. The Packers have spanked the Bears, and I'm sure the Bears are motivated. We, we hear it all the time, and the Packers find a way to put them in their place. But the Bears are three and two, probably the most surprising three and two team, just given all the drama. Matt Nagy looking like yeah. a complete, just hapless human being. I think there is no one who is hated more than Matt Nagy. It'd be interesting to see between a group of Texas frat bros against Joe Biden or Chicago Bears fans against Matt Nagy, where the disapproval rating is higher. I don't know. It might be might be even, um, both at 
But yeah, I, it's it's a weird yeah. year for the Bears. I was gonna say I don't, you know, just looking at their schedule, I don't know what to make of them because the two games they've lost, they should have lost at yeah. LA Rams and at the the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat the Bengals at home, but that was an awful game from Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, then they beat Detroit. Okay, you know, winless, not a great team. And they caught the Raiders on on a, an interesting weekend, to say the least. Yeah, um, where where uh, where the I'm sure the team was not necessarily um, had their head in the in the right space. Um, that's what I'm blaming that game on, anyway. Um, but I, no, I think you should blame it on that. I think that's exactly what happened. I think they and, came out lifeless, and they out, they, didn't, they 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 were done with Gruden. And yep. I mean. It just the Bears kind of caught him at the right time, and you got to do that. But I just I don't really have a feel for the Bears at all. So, so are, do you think they're frauds? Well, so far, probably. I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, they're, I, I don't think they're as good as three and two. I don't think they're a, above five hundred team. It, when I it's mean, all the, said and done, the thing I struggle with is the defense looks the part, right? Like yeah. they're fifth in DVOA, and it, it always does. It always right. does. Oh, Bears yeah. are, are always going to have some fucking dogs on defense, and it just it is what it is. I mean, they're always going to have just like how the Packers can never have a good defense. The Bears always have a good defense, but just can't find a quarterback. Right. I mean, and but you do look at the quarterbacks they faced, and you're like, all right, Derek. But Derek Carr, I mean, has been slinging it, but again. Where's the heads? Where was the headspace? And that stadium was probably 80 20, maybe 85 15 Bears fans to Vegas fans. And who knows? I don't know about that. Maybe a little less. I, I didn't watch it, but I mean, I, I had it on. Um, I've become like not to sidetrack us here, but I've kind of become a red zone guy um, really overnight. Not when the Packers are on, of course, but. It's great. Like I didn't, I didn't put myself through Giants Cowboys. I just watch Red Zone, and I get it on a legal stream, and yeah. I just enjoy enjoy myself so much more. Well, right, yeah, Red Zone is good for that. I mean, yeah, when the Packer game's not on and there's like a yeah a shitty a shitty NFC East game forced down your throat for yeah. a primetime game, it's it's good. Or it's good if the Packers are playing Monday night. Yeah, or it's good if the Packers per- are in the bye week, or it's perfect really good the- if the Packers play at three fifteen. Yeah, and that's, you can watch all the first games. You got it. That's exactly when I when it's like perfect. Like I like the Brown like last and it built last week because or two weeks ago because the Packers were playing three twenty five, and it was Browns Vikings, which I was excited for, but it was a complete snore of a game, and then the other one was Lions Bears. So I yeah. had I had the the Browns Vikings game on, but I had it on mute, and then I had Scott Hansen going, and yeah, as long as there's an illegal stream, I just I don't find the it's financially smart to pay for it because my team's on like regular. Like if I didn't, right. I'm, like if I was a Lions fan, all right, like maybe I'd be like, all right, but even if I was a Lions fan, like. I'd be watching every fucking game. I'd be like, well, you know, we got beat by two field. I actually think they're going to beat the Bengals this weekend. Um, by the way, um, little pick for you there. But I, wow. yeah, 
I just, I don't know. It's at home. You're, you've had two games where you've gotten your heart ripped out. Bengals a little hungover after nearly beating the Packers. Just can see it. Uh, but we, we're now completely sidetracked. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The red zone, I think, is a good investment if you don't care that much about your team. But you should. And if you watch if you watch the red zone over watching your team, you're, you're a fucking loser unless your team is just dog shit. Let's <laughs> leave it at that. But I don't think the Bears are a fraud. I don't know if they're for real. I, I, I do have a hard time, like, comprehending the fact that the Bears will be tied for the division lead if they beat the Packers this weekend. And it's like, wow, that's crazy. They get into a brutal schedule right now. Like, this is the start of it. And you look at what the, it's coming for Chicago. It's mm-hmm. like, even if they are 4-2, and two, and even if everybody starts sucking Justin Fields' dick, and it's this coronation, and it's the Fields breakout game, and first takes losing their mind, and all this other shit, it's not going to last. And you just have to tell yourself that. And that's probably what I'd lead the podcast with. That's probably what I would lead the post-game stuff we're talking about doing. Like, that's what I would lead with is, like, it's not sustainable for this team. And I just don't see it. Uh, Even if Fields kind of develops, like, you can't see this Bears team being in the playoffs, right? No, I can't. I mean, they go – to do a little Simmons schedule read here. Yeah. They go they go uh home Green Bay. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm not I wouldn't pick against Green Bay in that. No. Uh at at Tampa, that's a loss. That's a loss. Mike. Um San Francisco probably loss. Ooh, um, Trey Lance, Trey Lance Justin Fields. That's that's uh is that at home or is that in, in San a, Fran? That's in that's in Chicago. You want to go? Um no. Mike will go with you though. <laughs> Halloween Sunday. Oh, uh, Fant would definitely go. He would. Then you yeah. go at at Pittsburgh. We'll see. It's Monday night game. That's a that's a toss up probably. That's a brutal Monday night game. And then they go into the bye, and then they have Baltimore. It's probably lost at home. That's though. a loss for sure. And then at Detroit, uh, that's Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, um, you can never count the Lions out on Thanksgiving. I've always said that. And then Arizona, who we'll see. Um, I know they they're pretty good, but we'll see. And then it's, yeah, okay. I mean, that's enough. But, like, so yeah, that's, every, that's six games there where it's, like, they're probably winning two if they're lucky. Yeah, I mean, I think if we said to our friend Fant, noted Bears fan, friend of the program, if I was, like, if you go three and three there, or do you have Wood? He'd probably be, like, yeah. He, I mean, because if they go three and three there, then they're playoff team. If they go two and four – they're on the fringe. We got to see what everything else is, but it's more realistic that they're two and four or even one and five. Like it's, it's a really difficult schedule. It's a really difficult stretch for them. And they also don't get bailed out because the, the, the Packers and the bears Vikings are all playing the NFC West and they don't yeah. get the Seahawks during the Geno Smith era. And the Packers <laughs> are going to get that. So you look at what should have been the hardest part of the Packers schedule with the Arizona Cardinals, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Seattle Seahawks. Well, now that Seahawks game is Geno Smith, the Chiefs game, their defense is an absolute nightmare right now in the bad way, not in like a good way. 
And so is it really that – and you get 10 days to prepare for the Chiefs because you plan Thursday. Is it that hard of a stretch? I don't know. And that's how schedules, man, like schedules in football are just wild. Like it, it, it's, we say this every year, I swear to God, we do this all the time, but it, it never all, it never works out the way you think it's going to. And all of a sudden something pops. That's, it's a lot harder. Like the Arizona game, for example, for Chicago, I did not, I looked at the Bears schedule this year. I I liked the under, I think there were seven and a half over under wins. I was like, I like the under there. And it was partly because of the schedule. But I didn't factor in Arizona in that. Now add Arizona on top of all it. Good luck. So yeah, I I'm not gonna overreact. I'll put it that way. If the Bears win this game, good for them. Get your flowers, get all the hype. Matt Nagy maybe here to stay. Give him a contract extension. But I know at the end of the day that it's a fraudulent four and two, and they aren't going to be they aren't gonna be there with the Packers at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I pretty much I agree right there. Yeah, and I do also think, and I said this yesterday, but Bears repeating, Aaron Rodgers gets up for this game. This is an Aaron Rodgers game. He always does, and that's what Bears fans hate about him. And he is mm-hmm. he's he lives rent free in all their heads. It's like Ryan Braun and Wrigley Field. I mean, oh yeah, it's very similar, very similar. Former friends, shame. Anyway, one, one, one dumb thing about fantasy football, real quick. Yo, I, I love we're that, playing each other. We're playing each other this week. Not that anyone cares. Yeah, that's true. But um, my team is DK a wagon. Met, as a DK Metcalf owner, I'm just gonna have to hope that Geno Smith just falls in love with him because I, I feel like that happens with, with the backups. Yeah, they come in and, and they kind of they just lean on one receiver, and because uh, Russell's very good at spreading feeding the mouths, so to speak, in the offense but you're not going to get that with the backup. And I just kind of have to hope that that DK Metcalf. And I think you, I think Gino threw a touchdown to DK Metcalf. Yeah. So Gino, Gino fed DK. I have optimism. G- I have optimism, but, G- I, but I'm a little bit, a little bit banged up due to buys and some injuries. So, however, I did pick up Marlon Mack to stash him in case he gets traded um, for the future. Look at you. But Look at you. You are. I'm, you're uh, making making moves. Uh, yeah, no, I think we we have an interesting matchup. You got you have to deal with Josh Allen on on Monday night. That has to be scary against Tennessee. So you have just Josh Allen coming to town on 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 Monday night, ready to deliver the fucking hammer. Yeah, and I got three guys questionable. Fucking Joe Burrow just got out of the hospital two days ago, but it sounds like he's gonna go. So, um, and yeah, yeah you're, you're you are catching me on a good week. Yeah, I'll say yeah. that. Not now that not that my team, not that my team's any good, but my team's a I fucking. Have, I have one two straight for the record. I, I love I love my team. Like I, this is like, I haven't loved a fantasy team in a while. Like this one is like, it's up there. I like I also like my ESPN league. I'm in with my high school buddies. Which I should have fucking won last week, but Jonathan Taylor went off. So Sarah and I are there. But well, I'm three and two in that, so it's good. No, no one cares. Tough. Everyone's turned out. But no, tough, tough to be above 500 in fantasy when your team is allergic to the end zone. So, um, <laughs> well, that that one I'm doing it without Christian McCaffrey, who's been uh, questionable for forever. So it'd be nice if Christian could just uh, get have Olivia Copel stop rotting him just for a little while and decide he wants to play football again. Um, that'd be great. So 
anyways, here and are there. So we got Milwaukee Bucks this season starting Tuesday night against Brooklyn. One good thing about the Brewers not making the NLCS is we don't all have to do a Sophie's Choice with the Brewers and the Bucks for game three because um, that game would have been in Milwaukee. Absolute nightmare scenario. I think everybody's kind of breathing a sigh of relief there. Um, Didn't even think about it. That's that's a very, very good, uh, very interesting uh, point. Well, I had to think about it, Mitch, because my father went nuts about tickets. And so I was looking at dates, telling him like, and and I was, I told him like, I'd probably prefer game five or game four versus game three. And mostly it was just because of like the work week, right? Like you work, you go to a game on Thursday or even Wednesday night. It's like, well, I got, couple days left to work it's fine tuesday it's like oh still got three days like i was out till whenever and but also it was the ring ceremony and i want to want to watch it want to enjoy that as much as i can and see the banner hung it's going to be incredible um Mm -hmm. and the bucks looked real good in that preseason they're playing right now as we tape um wednesday night playing utah i i joked on the podcast i think monday it's like maybe just they can cure some demons. Maybe they can just figure out how to win in Utah in preseason. Just just exercise some things there. They don't play well there, as we all know. But as the preseason continues on, like any sport, you start hyping yourself up about a guy who maybe might not have the year you expect him to. But um, there, there are a bunch of candidates that are worth getting on a hype train for that aren't your – typical dudes there's grace now might be a little bit higher on that hype train because he's 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 gonna be a rotation guy. He might start you have mamu i'm not gonna even try to pronounce his name it's just mamu that's fine I, i'm fine with that jordan nora maybe you're a rodney hood guy maybe you're still buying jeff teague i should be told much i didn't know jeff teague was still on the roster i thought we got rid of jeff teague i didn't know jeff teague was back Happy to have him. Like I didn't Jeff know he was. I yeah. I'm, are you sure? That's what I saw on ESPN. I didn't think he was, dude. Like, I. Oh, you can't trust. No, he's not on the team. Okay. You can't. You can't trust any ESPN depth charts or any NBA. I've seen some rough depth charts on NBA TV, stuff like that. And like when they do those team previews. Yeah. I saw a screenshot that had like, Chemi Ojale as like a small forward or something like as the as the backup small forward or starting small for something ridiculous like that i was like uh you know he's not hardly gonna play but no they don't they don't have jeff teague anymore but you're right anyway. sorry i i apologize um so semi ojale another guy you could get on bandwagon for um so mitch i i guess i ask you like which pipe trainer you uh you jumping on wow we got rajon tucker back uh, anyway, um, uh, for me, if you're making me pick right now, probably Jordan Nora. Okay. Be I feel like a, be more of a basic bitch. You can't. No, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, come on. He's guys a bucket and, and he like, I think like just, he's kind of a sec. He's kind of, to me, a breakout candidate just with like second year now played for team Nigeria in the Olympics and can fill it up. I just feel like he will probably look more comfortable out there. I, 
mean, he really never got a meaningful minute, unfortunately. Um, but I feel like they're going to lean on him a little bit more. You know, the team overall, though, is very, very much deeper than it was last year. So um, the haters are are sick. Oh, I mean, it's going to be really funny when the Bucks win 62 games and and they are clearly the best team in the East and and the NBA. And everybody's going to everybody's going to wonder, like, what the fuck? I thought like wow. Lakers. Nope. Mitch, I am very confident. I, I I might may or may not have listened to one quarter of an over under over under Simmons House and Rosello, and I just feel great about where the Bucks are in this league. Well, I feel I mean I, I feel fantastic. As we record this podcast, I mean it's all looking it's all looking up. I'll say that, and uh, because everybody hates Kyrie Irving. The Nets are fucked. This, that, and the other. Just, the Nets just said they're not going to give him $186 million. I really want to see how Kyrie reacts to that. I, I think good. I just got the door closed on me. I'm too loud. That's hilarious, too. Um, well, it's like, I mean, and we're, we're going we're gonna to obviously talk a lot about it. Um, yeah, we should tell the, the people that. Show. Yeah, we, um, so we're taping in person Saturday afternoon, likely a few beers. And we're gonna do an NBA preview, um, mo- yep. Bucks mostly. Um, we'll we'll probably pick some playoffs, and it'll run uh, run on Tuesday. Um, we'd love to give you more time to listen before the first game, but there's a little thing called the NFL, and you know people like that, so that's why. But yeah, it's, it's looking good. But go ahead, sorry, just wanted to tell. The well, people. and just it, they've just. Grayson Allen's better than Dante DiVincenzo. I'm 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 gonna say that right oh, now. Oh, hundred percent. So um there's that. Uh their backup point guard at any point last season was uh, at best a warm body. Yeah. And now they have and now they have George Hill who's you know, maybe washed, but he he could be like a Lorenzo Kane type washed, where like you'll you'll get something every now and then. But he's going to be better than DJ Augustine. I mean, that that failed miserably. And then after, once they traded DJ Augustine for PJ Tucker, they didn't really have a backup point guard. So you're just, you're going to have, you just, there's depth all over. Still got Bobby Portis, Rodney Hood. I, I haven't even, I haven't even seen him in a Bucks uniform yet. So whatever you get out of him is gravy. Um, I honestly think Nora is probably ahead of Rodney Hood on the depth chart right now. So that's why he's kind of my kind of my high trained guy. I think I think they're gonna use him more than more than they did last year. Absolutely. No no doubt about it. Um I mean I just clipped on Twitter and just seen Giannis dropping a post fade in uh in Utah's eyeball and oh, yeah. god damn he's winning, it. he's winning the MVP. Yeah. So I, I listen, man. I I think people are under like, underestimating. Like I think there's two things people are underestimating. A, how the Bucks I think are still playing with the fuck you edge. Little preview for for Saturday, and two, how much Jason Kidd's gonna wreck Luka Doncic. Um, that's number two. <laughs> like, right. like I. <laughs> Like Memphis is uh, plus four forty to win the uh, Southwest Division Conference and division, and I'm like, I kind of don't hate it. 
Like that's that's quite quite the value. Um, well, and like the quote machine coming out of Dallas is going to be awesome. Oh my like, god, we, we already got it. We already got a good one like a week ago today. I think I might need to, I might need to follow a Dallas beat writer. I think is that too much of a masochist for me to follow a Dallas beat writer? Like, Not at all. I, I think I might have to. Um, Tim Cal shot too much of a big J. Gonna need Tim Cato probably too soft. Um, I'll need to kind of meet myself in the middle for a Dallas beat writer. We'll figure it out. No, I didn't. So yeah. go ahead. Your Jason gig quote. Well, he just said it was. He was asked about like three point shooting, and the quote was just perfect. It was like, well, shooting can dry up in the playoffs. Like we're not going to rely on it or something like that. And I was just like, he's back, baby. And yeah, he's he's going to ruin. He's going to ruin Luca. I mean, I don't know. Luca's probably coach proof, but um, it might not be pretty. Um, because like a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. is gonna that's what he does is shoot three, he'll shoot 12 a game. I mean, that's what he's there for. And what are you gonna do, bench him? Like, no, I would love to have Tim Hardaway Jr. on the Bucks. I was hoping, oh, yeah. I was hoping the, Ma- the Mavericks wouldn't keep him because he played for Coach Bud in Atlanta. So, um, right, I oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I, we'd, get, we'd get some connection there, but I, I, I've now seen the Jason Kidd three point quote. That is fucking lovely. I oh, I want perfect. I want to bathe in this tweet. Like it, here's the full tweet from Callie Kaplan. Callie's getting a follow. Um, it is said here. We're not going to rely on jump shooting because that can leave you at any part of the season or in the playoffs. If that happens, you have nothing to fall back on, and that means a early exit. Fucking A, he is back. <laughs> the king is back. I like I don't think people also too for the people, for those who like to lay lay some money down, like mortgage your house when the Bucks play the Dallas Mavericks for the first time on the Bucks. Giannis is going to have like 50 fucking points and look directly at Jason Kidd the entire time. Now they say they're still friends. I don't know. Maybe they. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure, but, but all I, I'm saying is, Giannis is getting better, and oh yeah, he's gonna get more. Like the Bucks are closer to. I like. I think. Like I've been laughing at some of these GM polls and stuff that I've been seeing on on various uh, clickbait Instagram accounts and shit about like 72 percent of GMs think the Nets are gonna win the title. And like the other 17% think um, the Lakers are, and then the rest of them, you know, think the Bucks will win it. It's like the Bucks are closer to the Spurs than like the Raptors, right? Like mm-hmm. this is not, this is not a one-off thing. I mean, I told, I fully expect them to be extremely competitive this year, if you know what I mean. So, Agreed. and I don't know. I'm not, I can't even I, like, I'm, I'm good, man. Like I don't need, I can't even get my heart broke next year. That's the best part. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I totally like, agree like, with like you. You can, you can be pretty much supremely confident. Cause it's like, who cares? I mean, you're coming off the championship. Do you think your team is good enough? Like, I just feel like if a lot of Bucks fans thought Raptors fans are insufferable after they won it, I feel like it's our turn for a victory lap. Oh, yeah. We can, we, we can just be complete assholes on Twitter this year. 
Yeah, no, I think we all are going to be. I think we're all just going to kind of wag our dick a little bit and and do and do the damn thing. I didn't even give you my hype train guy. I I I know you're going to think I'm a homer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go damn. I think it's semi ogerly honestly. I I had this thought um, as I think and it usually one of the great Bucks minds, uh, Shafty was talking about how Giannis makes everybody, every role player, like, gets better with Giannis. Like, Giannis just gets guys paid, like, is just awesome to play with. And Semi is less 38% on corner threes. He's a big body. I'm like, isn't Semi Ojale kind of P.J. Tucker without the Instagram account? Like, maybe he's not as good. He's not as good defensively. But, like, it's going to be so funny to watch like Kevin O'Connor be like, I can't believe Semi Ojale is a competent player for, for the Bucks. Simmons, same, Rosillo, all the Boston media mafia. They're going to go crazy. They're going to be like, How is Semi Ojale an actual player for the Bucks? And I'm telling you, he is going to be. Semi's going to have a role on this team. And I, I think he's going he's gonna to flourish. So that's why I'm buying stock in. Yeah. Grace cool Allen, I, I, Grace Allen, I already am bought in. Like I'm so in on Grayson Allen. Like just to watch Badger fans squirm. That's really why I'm in that Grayson Allen. For being honest, and yeah, that's, that's the, and the Trey Young rivalry. Other reason I'm in on Grayson Allen because they hate each other. Which great, I'm glad. I I need more reasons to hate Trey Young. I'm here for it. So there you go. There you go. All right, that does it. Good show. Also had the U.S. soccer team win tonight. Um, guaranteed at least the second in the World mm-hmm. Cup qualifier. Just need a World Cup in my life, Mitch. It'll be in the winter next year, but give us an excuse to go out drinking uh, and watch some soccer in, in depths of winter. I'm all right with that. That's happening this this winter? No, uh, 2022. Oh, okay. So they do, a bunch of, they do a bunch of qualifying. Uh, they they like take breaks from like the club season. So like EPL is on a break, I think till this weekend. And yeah, then they had, they had a, I think they had an international right, week off they, or whatever. Right. They do. And they keep doing this. It's a, it's a wild schedule. Um, and then, so they'll play Mexico in November. So that'll, that will be, the takes will be flying. I love just don't jump into us soccer Twitter. I don't know anything. And I'm just, just kind of, just kind of, just dip my toes in because why the fuck not, right? It's like watching the Olympics. Same thing. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, ha- I, oh, I need to end this. Um, take care. Have a good one. That was a weird ending. Um, more to come. Post game shows from Tab in the Keg. Maybe could be on its way. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for our NBA preview. Stay tuned to our betting preview and uh, rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on all the socials. See you later. See you next week. Bye. How do I stop? I'm going to have to edit this.